0: Let's see if we can get there. We're connected. Let's see if we can get some music going, and I think we can get on our little merry way. and 10 years after a good old group from 40 years ago plus and those prophetic lyrics that we like to use and usher us in here and the world's changing and we may be able to change it just a little bit we'll see if we can tilt it on its axis just a little bit uh that's what we try and do here anyway at the radio Ranch, and uh, get the truth out to the good people who want to be free uh roger sales your host it is the euro folk radio network platform that we broadcast upon and uh, happy to be here with such illustrious people as andy hitchcock and paul english and jim ram don't me leave jim out uh and get the message out to all you good folks we're glad that you take time out of your schedule and come spend it with us, whether it's live here. We got folks on the Jitsi board this morning. We got folks listening on the Eurofolk radio feed, no doubt. And then we'll have uh, a large, probably a larger number, actually listen to podcasts uh, later on to fit their schedule. So wherever and however you may be. Uh, connecting with us we certainly appreciate you taking your time and finding this of interest to uh, spend your time with us here this morning uh everybody doing okay i guess had a little conversation with the board there before we got started and um everybody doing all right i suppose nobody let's put it another way: ways anybody have any big complaints we'll use the dialectic here all right well no good complaints i guess everybody's doing as well as we can be under these circumstances under these circumstances um i was finishing off this morning when i got up in the new time zone frame here Uh, i was catching up and watched the end of uh, owen stroyer yesterday amazing video amazing video he's he is such a good host Uh, kid's got just oozing with talent and he's got everything else that goes with it and I'm sure sorry to see him being as prosecuted and persecuted as he is uh, to the point, I guess, if any of you listen to it, you know they're going after his family, too. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, trying to get electronic communications from his mother and father and stuff on all this January 6th crap. Um, Regardless, what uh, focused uh, uh, me this morning was a short video he played right at the end of the right at the end of the program you know we talk on here about the period of escalating violence uh, you never hear you know, see, other people just don't know this stuff, you know, and they 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 know what's happening, but they don't have a context to put it in. We know because of some of my past experiences that this is the third stage of the four stage communist takeover called the period of escalating violence. And you can see it everywhere. And it's part of the reason, no doubt, Soros has spent. How many? How many hundreds of millions of dollars getting these uh, these uh, prosecutors and DAs elected, where they did what they did in Denver, like this week, Monday, I think. Remember the guy that shot, uh, shot uh, uh, and killed a guy who was supposed to be hooked up with a news organization out there as security, who didn't have any security background at all. This is about what a year or two ago. Y'all remember that? I think I can't. See. His name started with a D. I don't remember the guy's name that did the shooting, but he uh, uh, he was hired by a local liberal. I think Channel Nine there in Denver as a uh security person he had no security background he did have a concealed carry permit and um, he shot and killed a trump supporter and he, all charges were dropped on him monday i mean it, they got it on tape everything else you know uh so there's your period of escalating violence and of course the guys that are uh you know set foot on a wrong square of concrete uh, up there on January sixth, are still in uh, in that DC jail in horrible, horrible conditions, uh, and with with nothing but specious charges thrown against them that aren't valid, and uh, they stay in jail and the murderers get out. There's your reversal of the communist dialectic here going on. It's see it everywhere, um, but the one that got me this morning—no kidding—was a uh, little short video i think they sped it up it's about a minute and a half long but it was in chinatown in new york city did anybody else see this am i the only one that saw this yeah um there was one store in chinatown that had pepper spray and the line before the store opened was wrapped around an entire block of new york city Waiting for the store to open in hopes that they can get some pepper spray, because the attacks on Asian women, particularly in New York City, have gotten so egregious, and because it's just—it's all black folks doing it now. So the uh, communist news networks won't cover any of it, like they were shortly before when they were uh, uh, ballyhooing Asian violence. Uh, And uh, but I'm not kidding you; it was just packed cold everybody had all their heavy coats on a whole block around people lined up i mean tightly lined up this wasn't six feet apart to get into that store well there's no way that store had that much pepper spray i'm gonna tell you right off the bat so period of escalating violence we see it everywhere and as this progresses and the economy gets worse and uh it's uh, it's not a pretty picture that we see for the rest of the year and following et seg as they say Legally, so uh, it's a sad commentary, and I hate to start the show off that way today, but it is the reality, you know. For unfortunately, for the people that have not gotten out of the big cities and are going to have to deal with this, uh, the brunt of it directly, because they're going to be hit the hardest. Um, makes uh, it makes that John Wesley Rawls book, The Patriot. Remember that from twenty years ago? Some of you have read that. You know what I'm talking about, Jeff? You know the one I'm talking about, right?
1: i've heard the title i've
0: not read it oh I listen
1: like name,
0: but that's not the same my, no i'm telling you if y'all that is a fabulous book and i remember i was in atlanta when it came out and got it and it's one of those books where i stayed up a whole night reading it As you, you get into it you can't put it down and uh, it's got a lot of uh it's got a lot of remedy things in there, of things that he thought of, of, of ways to deal with this and ways to set up if you're out in the country and set up your defenses and things to do to get ready and all that's got a lot of preparatory stuff in it, very good information. But it's a real page-turner. Old John Wesley did a real good job on that. So, um, I got all the audio books. Do what? You got all the what? audiobooks oh. of that series okay that's a really good series isn't it was that mike listening to mike there yes yeah
2: yeah yeah it really good the first one it's the ninth revision it's, it's about
1: 12 hours long it's excellent.
0: I'm telling you I stayed up all night maybe one or two nights reading that. I don't remember it's not a tremendously long book but I got into it. It's just one of those page turners you can you just can't put down, you know. Uh, he did a great job on that. He's got that kind of a background John Wesley Rawls does. Uh, good guy and he's put out a bunch more I guess, right Mike, since that?
3: Yeah, he yeah, he's got uh Expatriates, then he's got the sequel to the Patriots, then then he's got his uh, T t-walk, walking book, a complete preference book, the first one.
0: Uh huh. Okay. Well, that's a good resource for those of you. I mean, it's a little a little late in the game to be getting those kind of things ready, but uh, maybe you still got a little time. Um, I just hope most of you have been able to get out of the cities and to get yourself as uh, in as good a position as you can, because we got uh, we got a roll of fecal matter rolling downhill you know like a snowball so we'll see hopefully everybody is uh come out of her my people come out of her i mean that's what we're dictated to do that's what we preach around here is one of the basis of what we do so uh anybody uh any new folks with questions or anything this morning we'd love to start the show off with uh, something like presley from the other day um from out there hey in
4: roger yes this is presley again presley you're back yeah, I actually, I didn't get an opportunity to speak yesterday, but great opportunity now.
0: Yes, it is, and I was hoping you'd return here like a swallow coming back to Capistrano and come back with some of your IRS questions. Um, <laughs> so, welcome back. Thank you. What and, uh, What is unclear for you at this stage of your understanding?
4: Well. I have a handful of questions. Let me know if we've gone on too long,
0: but I think they'll be pretty quick. Okay. No, look, the questions are very productive, Presley, because not only will it address you and and hopefully we'll get those, you know, a question is an objection. In sales, they used to say an objection, you know, if somebody has an objection to what you're trying to market to them, that those are just questions that you haven't addressed and are unanswered in their minds. And so obviously that's what we're dealing with here. Things that are shade of gray in this very complex system that's been foisted upon us through all this treachery and deceit and uh uh, you know opposite definitions and all the tricks that these sorry satanic bastards have used and it's easy to understand how everybody's confused i mean i i'm so at home with it now because i've been messing with it for so long and so many years you know but man new people that come into this it's like turns your world upside down and i totally understand that it's designed to do that Uh, it's designed to keep you turned upside down is probably better way to put it so we're happy to entertain whatever questions presley and i promise you there's other people that have the same question or if not from whatever answer that we are able to give you hopefully the right one and a good one uh they'll learn from it too so you know this is a good exercise here really is why the show exists at this stage particularly is for folks like you so welcome back I did put you in touch with Dawn. I hope you and Dawn have had a chance to communicate a little bit and get locked into the things she does out there.
4: Yeah, I was able to join a couple of those groups.
0: Thank you for that. Well, you're very welcome. There's some mighty nice folks out there from the ones I've had the pleasure of meeting and interacting with a bit.
4: So the first thing I wanted to ask you about was how could I prove income without a tax return? Like if I wanted a loan, for example,
0: pay stubs,
4: pay stubs, and I'm self-employed. Is there any? Are there any banks that take alternative forms of um, uh, income proof?
0: Now, I see you're asking. These are questions I'm not sure about. Of course, I've been out of the states for many years. Um, I know we had a guy on here the other day. He was a friend of Dave in the thumbs guy named bullseye, I think was his name. And he called in all excited one morning cause he had been dealing with Wells Fargo, I think online applying for a card or something. I don't remember what he was doing, but the question was, are you a citizen of the United States or a national is from Wells Fargo. And I thought his answer was pretty clever. He answered Yes. So um, anyway, uh, I I would say, you know, you can open up if they give you any trouble. What we used to do, people always have had this idea that the Social Security number was the nexus to the system. It's been very prevalent in our movement for many years. Unfortunately, it's wrong. And so they wanted to go because every bank wants they're, they're they're required to some extent to have a social security number, especially if they're paying interest, okay? And uh, because they report that back to the IRS as income, of course. And uh, so the challenge was to open a bank account without a social security number all right and the way that you that has been done by people in the past was to go open up an account that's non-interest bearing and you specify a non-interest bearing account and that way there's no need for the social security number because then there's no interest that they got to report so i'm not sure that that addresses your question but it's one facet of it yes jeff
1: i recall in my reading my research reading years ago i came across a regulation where the bank is required to ask, to make the attempt to get a social security number from right. them. They are not required to actually obtain one. Okay. And if they are proven to not have attempted to get one, man, that bank can be fined $50. Oh,
0: no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. Shocking,
3: huh? mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, so... Probably bankrupt them. <laughs>
1: But I can't find that regulation again anymore. I wonder where the hell that is. So.
0: Don't know. No telling there. Hey, Roger. There's so many new ones, they all get buried. Yes. Who's trying to add
3: something there? This is uh, John from Utah. Hey, John. Hi. Um, so I, I may have a, a potential solution here for our caller. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and I had this experience a year ago. Now, it totally, in my opinion, it totally depends on what kind of relationship that could come into play that you have with the bank uh or particularly you know the manager etc and also the amount of money that you're looking at so if it's a modest amount you know say ten, twenty thousand um, dollars which is something i went through over a year ago uh, i did not have to provide any kind of tax forms um they were just um in fact the he said oh, all we need is a profit and loss statement which is something that you generate yourself now you were
0: doing and this so, for your corporation right
3: for my llc correct yeah. okay
0: so it's a little yeah. bit different as an from an individual i think when you're opening up a business account but i just want to make that comment go ahead please
3: well this was for a business account though okay um and so but you know bottom line is i was personally responsible for the repayment of the loan because i had to sign for it right Mm -hmm. so uh they they have you on the hook they're they're not going to let you you know skate on that one but it really depends you know now if you're going after you know hundreds of you know hundred thousand dollars or more you know or a mortgage something like that then they may require the 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 tax returns you know a lot of times for the last three years okay they want to see what you got and being self employed, I totally get it, you know, that you're, you're up against the wall. But if you, you know, I took the position, this is I'm just supposing this now, if you took the position that, um, you know, you say, Well, I'm, I don't, I don't file, I have, um, you know, I'm exempt from that, you know, then that could that can open up some other things if they push for that, and just say, you know, um, what what other documents would, you know, would be necessary. Now, in, in, in my case, because of the amount, in some cases, you know, when they have a and l they may ask for, uh, you know, a certified, uh, you know, CPA to sign off on it, okay? Um, so it's just something, you, you know, but there, are, I've found there's always some kind of options available to you depending on what you're trying to accomplish and, and, and the bank that you're dealing with. And and it's not to say that you couldn't deal with another bank or a credit union.
0: I think that's a very good answer, Presley. And I like the approach of I'm exempt from federal taxation. What other documents could I provide? And tossing the ball right back to them. I think that's a very good approach to it. Uh, You know, I've been since I stumbled on this, I've been out of the country and at that point, point i've been debt free for many years until i got into this medical situation here in ecuador a few years back where the insurance that i had went bankrupt on me and left me with a hospital bill on my friend's credit card unfortunately i'm at the almost at the tail end of getting that taken care of but i haven't had to go and do any of those types of things like take out loans or whatever else i did have to open an account in the u.s when i was in argentina and let me tell you what, opening a bank account when you're outside the country and not there to sign a signature card is not a fun task. Okay? and uh, it took me months to get it done and a lot of expense And they want translations of everything and it's just a real real mess but i did get that done and because of the necessity of it i didn't make any declarations of status or send them an affidavit or anything because i had to get it open to get my social security direct deposit in there and uh, that was a necessity and i didn't want anything messing it up so i didn't try and muddy up the waters but uh Uh, So I don't have – I think the point of what I'm trying to get to is I don't have a lot of personal experience to be able to give you an answer on dealing with banks, but I haven't heard anything back from anybody negative on it either. So uh, what I continually tell people in some of these areas like this, and I think John's uh, comments are very sage in the fact that it depends on you and it depends on the bank you're dealing with. Okay, But the way that we learn answers on these intricate questions like some of that stuff is by pressing the envelope
3: roger here's another suggestion uh and i went through this parallel also okay is that depending on uh the gentleman's um uh, credit status you know if it's if it's decent and this was something that you know i had you know involved with banks and then you know along the way i uh, for its recommendations you know from people that have some moxie and that's they said get the money out of the banks you know go to the a, a good solid credit union and what I did was I went around and I interviewed them no and good. so and and so you know, it wasn't like they were doing me a favor mm-hmm. and so they said well here you sit down with the loan officer and all of these this was back a few months ago or late last year and they're all wearing masks and I said you could you know you don't have to wear for me it's so, oh no 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 we've got to have this we've got to have this and so I said, the interview is over. And I got up and I walked out. And so I went to a different credit union, but they didn't require everyone to have masks there. They certainly didn't require me to have it. And so, you know, and I went through the same thing with them. And I talked to a business, um, you know, the, like an advisor, you know, where somebody is responsible for bringing new business, even if it's small business, into the fold with a good local credit union, alright? And so, when I told him, I said, you know, I'm dealing with these other, you know, this other bank, and, and I said, I just, I really want to get into the credit union, which I'm telling the truth with them, and, and they'd never been in one before. And, uh, and I said, I'm just not happy with my other banking, and I want to be able to move from funds over, you know, here, establish, you know, some business and so forth, and I'm just not really happy with them. And so, By the time I was done with them, I had, you know, $20,000 in credit cards if I wanted to use them. All right. Wow. And so the other possibility is, say, if you're doing with, um, you know, something like Experian, you know, you you sign up for their monthly, you know, credit report kind of stuff and all of that. And oftentimes they'll have things, um, recommendations on there and they have a tab for it where you can apply for. Um, you know, other kind of credit card offers they try to match you up with, and on occasion, and even with the same institution, they'll they'll send you in the mail checks, um, or they'll put uh, in these credit card offers. They put then you we've all seen these. Yes, you know, people have. Um, you know, where it says here the eighteen months no interest, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we'll roll over, or if you want to write an, a check for. Ex- You know up to x dollars whatever the heck it is right Mm
4: -hmm.
3: and and so at one point i talked to the 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 issuing um credit because i just wanted to double check because i just don't trust them and and i said how in the heck you guys make money at no interest for 18 months she said it's look it's real simple she said they um she said we expect that you're going to get be in trouble and you're not going to be able to pay the, the loan back, right? And then you just go ahead, and uh, we're going to charge you, you know, twenty three percent interest or whatever at that point. And then you're glued to us, right? So they don't no, they do not expect people to do that. And so what I did was I just set money aside every month during that eighteen months as if I were making a payment. And if I had to have that money, I had the reserve to do it. And then at the end of the eighteen months, I just paid them off. That was yep. It.
0: Yep. I just did the same thing with a Wells Fargo card, first credit card I've had in 20-something years. (laughs) There there you go. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, Presley, did that give you any uh, better view of uh, dealing with banks, give you any other options, or uh, did that clear things up or just muddy the water more for you?
4: It, de- it definitely gave me a better view. I'm going to have to look more into this. I'll, I'll definitely ask them and see what they can do.
0: Yeah, and also check out the credit unions. You know, there's a credit union down here. I'm, I'm constantly amazed at some of the Americans. Uh, I didn't know about it till fairly recently, called JAP, J-A-P. I'm not sure what that stands for. But uh, these guys are paying 8 and 9% interest on deposits. And I keep asking my, my my you know American friends that have got money in there and go, where do you think that they're coming up with eight or nine percent when there's thirteen trillion dollars in bonds internationally that are at negative interest rates and everybody in the world is seeking yield? How do you think these guys are paying eight and nine percent? In t- oh well they're like a credit union that's always the answer i get back okay well that doesn't quite answer my problem my question how are they paying eight and nine percent when nobody else in the world's doing that let's see i've still haven't gotten right. an answer all right uh but i keep telling my my friends that i'd be i'd be asking some questions if i had any sizable amount some of them do in uh in in these institutions this jap institution but evidently it's been around a long time and i I just don't know things are a little different down here they don't uh it's difficult to get a credit card in in ecuador uh um, the loan the whole loan thing's a little bit different i know but i've never gone in and done a loan. it's just what i've heard so anyway uh hopefully we got you some insight into that presley what's your next one so the next you know, question let me ask had, you a question were your, were your parents like big Elvis fans or something so you, in the hang-
4: Yeah actually my dad was very into Elvis
0: Okay kind of figure. That's,
4: that's that is yeah that is who I'm named after
0: Okay cool
4: So yeah, the I got uh, a great
0: like, I got a great Elvis Presley story for you you know I was in the music business for 20 years and we had a, when I was with Mercury we had an affiliation with Judd Phillips Jr who's Judd. The son of Judge Phillips, who guy started and had Sun Records there, Jerry Lewis and Elvis and all of them, you know, early on. And uh, so the guy that was Elvis's manager was Colonel Tom Parker. And uh, he's the one that discovered him and signed him and all that. And him and his buddies were sitting around one night and doing, playing poker or whatever. And he said, "You know what? It's early on now." He said, "I'm going to make a million dollars with Elvis." And they, ah,
3: oh,
0: <laughs> you know. And, and so what he did was he got one of those pins, those little pins, you round pins, and and had "I love Elvis" printed on it and sold over a million of them at a dollar a piece. <laughs> And then he turned around, and he did another one and said, I hate Elvis, and sold it to their parents for $2 million. <laughs> So, obviously, obviously, your dad was, wasn't in the second batch there, but that's a true story, by the way. And you know who's doing that's that now funny. is Alex Jones is doing that. He's selling T-shirts, I hate Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so, Very he clever. picked up, a, yes, it is, isn't it? Go ahead. Sorry, just had to inject that.
4: Well, um, I, I have a bit of a continuation of a question I asked last time I was on. Um, though last time it was specifically about the IRS, but now I'd like to ask about the government. Does does any aspect of the government
0: give people trouble for doing this? Okay, let's let's give, go back and this is one of those words that I like to parse: government, the government, because you see, we're the government. we have this contract and it's called the constitution and under that document we elect uh, our representatives that makes us a republican form of government to go represent us they pass laws and to execute those laws unfortunately we've got the administrative state so they're not the government they're employees of the government technically they're agents of government so it's just another one of these little fine tuning of a word in your mind where you've got the right, because we have this habit of just what you're doing right there and we all do it. So the government this, the government that. And when you say that and phrase it that way, it's a big, nondescript, nondefined glob. They can come roll over you like the blob from that movie in the 50s, if you remember one of those. I'm sure you don't. One of the early horror movies so this blob that comes down and it just envelops everything. And if you go back and go, oh, well, they're in a the blob. These are people and they're agents, which means they've got specifically delegated responsibilities, and if they cross outside of those, li- those lines, they lose their cloak of immunity and become personally liable. Okay, so that kind of if you'll uh, use that just for the whole audience and use this as another one of those splitting hairs, picking a knit, but going in and what it does is when you start using these words correctly, Presley, is it brings you into consciousness and reality. So so has there been any backlash from the agents of government from anybody that's done this? Is that a is that basically your question?
4: yeah it is. I mean I, I really I appreciate the correction there because I, I, I truly understand the power of words and I so from the agents of government or any agency specifically
0: not a, not you said the one.
4: IRS doesn't uh, just did that filing one time or the filing fee, but well and, they' and threatened, not a government agency
0: they threatened to do it. they never followed through on it. don't know if they would have. I think that they knowing who these guys are, they're just thugs. You know, And the way they operate, you can see it operating all over the world, Ukraine and all the stuff with COVID and everything that's been going on. They're MO. You start to learn how they do things. And, of course, this IRS entity is their teeth. That's the one that really, really scares the sheep back into the pen should they try and get out. And so they're very, very conscious of that. And uh, I think that that is they know darn well that wasn't a filing when we when when shane sent that in he was about the first one to do it when we seized upon the idea and started talking about it here on the show one day and uh then he gets this five thousand dollar frivolous filing penalty back uh you i got three of those back in my day dealing with these guys 30 years ago but they were five hundred dollars back then they're five thousand now does that tell you they want to use it as a club there presley okay so it was intimidating Yeah, exactly and that's the last ditch effort that they pull out and try and beat you over the head with because that's the last defense they've got okay and so we drafted that letter we i drafted that letter for shane and sent it to her and this was lord of mercy how many years ago was this six seven years ago or something maybe even more Okay, And uh, never has heard a peep. We don't hear from Shane too much. He doesn't come join us like he used to. But uh, we hadn't heard anything negative. And I don't think they could have gone and started to do that because now he's got recourse. (coughs) Okay. He sent in. Excuse me. He sent in his affidavit. Uh, to them. And so that is, they're required to keep that in his administrative file. And the reason they'd never go after him, if he wanted to take him to court, he can bring that affidavit in and it bypasses the rules of evidence in a court setting. Do you understand that principle here with what we're dealing with? Um,. Somewhat, maybe not completely. Okay, well, they don't want this information in one of their little courtrooms, okay? One of their little federal courtrooms, because that's all this uh, administrative kind of courtrooms that are based upon this merchant law, and you got to be, uh, for them to charge you and bring you in there, you got to be a resident or a citizen of the United States, okay? Because all of the laws, the regulations you're being charged with, those are the people that they apply them to. And if you're not one of those people, then they can't apply them to you. This is a jurisdictional nexus, okay? And so uh, uh, what we've got is an 1835 court case, 1835, before there was a second Status, political status, called a citizen of the United States, and it was about this very matter of citizenship. And it's a uh, a short little blurb. I'm going to paraphrase it for you. And it talks initially about a passport, and it tells what it is. You know, is a document to identify you. It's written under the laws of Vittel's Law of Nations, which is a very important point here. And uh, it identifies you for other countries that you may want to enter. And it's in the nature of a political document. I'm paraphrasing this for you and it says but if this is a matter of citizenship it's an entirely different matter and the passport is only an ex parte document which means it's just a separate part of it's an ex parte document and what really matters is whatever paperwork is in the possession of the secretary of state if admissible in a court of law that should be considered the higher and better evidence so it's this affidavit in his possession that is the big kahuna here now if you've got that paperwork in his possession and you get in any kind of a court proceeding because it's in the already you know the the administrative state is a court of record I don't, you, you might not have heard us talk about this, but not the courtroom you go into, but just when you're dealing with these agencies, it's a court of record. And the reason it is, is because they've got a file on you called an administrative file and everything they send you or anything you send them has to be entered in that administrative file that makes it a court of record because there's a record, right? Make follow, follow me. Okay? And, in yeah, fact, patriots will go in at times and try and file some sort of a suit in a district court, regular court that we're familiar with, and the clerk will go, I can't file this for you because you haven't exhausted your administrative remedies. That's the other court that doesn't look like a court that all centers on them having this record of everything sent and everything received to deal with you. Okay. Now, if it's in that jacket of theirs – and you get into a court setting anything in there is admissible into court and bypasses the rules of evidence which is how they keep these types of documents out and they can't do that anymore because it's in that folder in other words the best thing to do you know, i stumbled on it have got a copy of this i stumbled on it the other day yeah you, you ever heard of a guy named al adisk No, I haven't. Okay, he was a really, really good patriot guy a couple of decades ago. He's still alive, I hear. I'm glad. And Al and I used to do shows together once a week after the book was released. Um, He used to have a magazine called The Anti-Shyster, a lot of legal stuff and contributors and things he wrote and whatnot. Well, he got uh, queried by the IRS, and he drafted up this document, 66 Questions for the IRS. And he sent it to him, and he never heard from him again. <laughs> and the reason is because it's in the administrative file, and they can't answer them. And they're not going to charge you and take you into court and have the danger of those questions coming up in front of a jury. Why didn't you answer these? See? So the best thing you can do with without, you know, before our little deal came along here was to just write them a bunch of questions and send it to them and have them because they've got to put it in the administrative file. And if it's in there, it's admissible in a court of law, and it bypasses the rules of evidence. Okay. So you can use these things to your advantage, but, again, you have to know how the system works to find out where the weak links are. Pretty amazing.
4: that that is amazing though how about the other the other or not the other because i it's not an agency, government
0: agency but how about the government agencies and their agents? it's a quasi agency i'd say but it's not technically one and no i've never this is the way i look at this presley i don't have any idea i've been on the radio doing this for 11 years 11 years this month okay And I have no idea who all has done this. I've continually, even years later, we just had on this RBN thing. I've been on with Tom here earlier this year up there starting in January. And first caller was a gal from Holly from West Virginia. Oh, I bought your book 10 years ago and file that thing. (laughs) I mean, hell, I never talked to Holly. Okay. And there's a bunch of people out there like that. I have no idea who's filed this stuff. They don't contact me, most of them, which is fine, I guess. But I guarantee if they had problems, who do you think is one of the first people they're going to get a hold of, Presley? Me. Yeah. They're going to find some way to get, get a hold of me and ask, hey, man, look, I did. you told me to do this, and I'm in this problem. I've never had one of those calls in 11 years. It's so very reassuring. to hear. I'm going to answer your question with that example. All right now i'm not saying let me blow my nose here i'm not saying that they haven't tried to muddy the water and what we had for a while we went along for i don't know a couple of years and then all of a sudden i did get a few of those calls roger roger they sent me back this letter here on my passport application i said okay we'll send me a copy you know and i call them bluff letters presley and they uh, they were sending out these smokescreen letters to kind of test you to see how much you knew. Because, again, like the IRS with their $5,000 frivolous filing penalty, this is their last defense that they've got is the bluff letters. All right? And so the bluff letters, evidently, they've got a nice program written there in the passport office or the State Department where they can cut and paste all these different paragraphs, you know, sample letters. So, in the letters most of the letters were different in in different content except for the first paragraph and the first paragraph was always the same so now we know how they do things you got to put this one in there and then you can put these others okay so anyway the first paragraph said i'm going to paraphrase again it appears by what you've submitted that you're a citizen of the United States, and then it quotes the 14th Amendment, all persons born or naturalized, blah, blah, blah. And then there's some other verbiage in there, don't remember exactly, blah, blah, blah. And then the very last words of the paragraph are, except by execution, or, except, what does it say? Except by something of law. Uh, what's the phrase I'm looking at? operation, except by operation of law. And well, what does that mean? Well, see, we're dealing with things in the earlier part of the paragraph. You're dealing with things that were legal, but there at the bottom of the paragraph. They're telling you that there's the other things that are lawful, and and those are exceptions. And so all we do is go back and uh, initially and the uh, usual response was, is the Vattel's law of nations lawful enough for you where it says that every man has the right of personal political self-determination? And everybody always got their passport. Now, if it was somebody that was an Anna Von Wright student, I don't think they applied to the Secretary of State, though. She didn't tell him to do that. But maybe even a David Strait student, because I think he does. Um, if they uh, got that and they're not really well schooled, on the background of this stuff and what's going on, and they're still in an intimidation mindset, and they get that and go, okay, well, I guess I'm a citizen of the United States, and I'm not going to pursue it. They might get mad at me, might do something to me, and so they throw it in the trash can, and they quit pursuing it but if you come back and understand what they're doing they're trying to throw you off they're trying to test to see what you know and you go back and you engage with them and you put the facts in front of them every person that ever had that problem got their documents to my knowledge okay so this is the way they work and that's their mo and that's the only thing that they've done is to try and do that now we've got one situation and you're out there have you, you we've got a real a real lioness out there in your neighborhood presley named pageant and i you have you have you uh crossed paths with pageant yet no i haven't okay well, pageant is really a piece of work, okay, and she joins us occasionally still she 's very very type a aggressive lioness all right in their face man and uh pageant is Australian but was naturalized her whole family's been naturalized, and her mother was born in South africa and when uh, they got this is one of the reasons i i i I get a little well let's see if I can get the right word here. I get a little frustrated with people that see this and don't want to at least absorb the information to a little bit of an extent and just are ready to start throwing paper around. You see, I appreciate what you're doing here, OK, because you're going back and trying to learn it and get these things clear in your mind before you take action. Right. And that's good because your freedom is in this Your freedom is knowing the information and being able to absorb it to the point where you've got enough self-confidence to take action, but then you've got enough knowledge to be able to defend your new status position should the occasion arise, okay? And that's the whole deal is being a belligerent claimant. Being able to belligerently, that doesn't mean pull out a baseball bat and hit a upside the head and shoulders okay it just means being able to stand your position and say no you're wrong i'm a national you've got none of that jurisdiction on me and if you continue to press this you're going to lose your cloak of immunity and i'm going to sue you personally being able to say that uh, understand it have the confidence to say it and confront these people uh that's where your freedom is Okay, now you're going to find out, hopefully, as many of us have, as you go forward, everything's, you know, you've got to be the change here. I think that's what I'm, uh, there was a song, I don't remember, you've got to be the change. Because after you file this paperwork, Presley, the world doesn't change one bit. I mean, you're going to see people that you've known, and they're not going to come up. Hey, Presley, I heard you filed your affidavit. Congratulations on your newfound freedom, man. Pat on the back. (laughs) See, that's not going to happen to you, okay? And so you're the one that's got to change because the world isn't going to change. It's just like our song, I'd love to change the world. Well, the way you change the world is by changing yourself first. absolutely all right and so that's where the change has got to take effect and the only way that happens is when you get the information in there and it starts acting on you and i think what's happening here honestly is you you were meant to have these powers when you were born from from our creator we're spiritual beings all right and they were stolen from you esau stole his birthright back All right. By this method and through, in essence, through one of these blankets over you. So you couldn't receive all this spiritual goodness that was being meant meant for you and sent down to you. And now we're removing that blanket of servitude, that blanket of lies, that blanket of deception. And you're being filled with truth now. And that reconnects you with these spiritual powers. And as you grow in that, as you learn more information, it gets, as it gets more solidified in your psyche and in your subconscious, and you start becoming re-empowered with this spiritual power we were meant to have at birth. And it's not an overnight deal, and it's just going to happen gradually. It's a process, but it will work on you. And later on, as you go forward with this, you'll get to a point where you ain't scared at all of these bastards. Okay? And that's the re empowerment process. That's being re empowered with these spiritual powers that we were meant to have at birth, I believe, that were stolen from us. That's a, the explanation I've come up with. And as I've told the audience several times, see, I saw this happen in me, but I couldn't identify it because I was. One of the only people in the world that understood this when I was first trying to get it out. I understood it, didn't understand it as well as I do now, but I understood what was going on, and I had become empowered. And then when I started getting on the air and teaching people like this, I saw it happening with other people. And when I saw it happening with some of the real good students, I could identify it because it had already happened in me, okay? And so that's what you're in for if you want to pursue this doggedly. Does that uh, ring your bell? Presley, you with us? Oh, shoot. Did we lose Presley? Am I still on the air here? Are you all hearing me?
2: Yep.
0: Okay. Yeah, we hear you. Okay. So I don't know what happened to Presley. He either lost his connection or something.
3: That is, I believe, what happened.
0: Okay. Well, hopefully he'll call back in. He's a nice young man. Is that you again, Presley? Can you hear me now? Yes, I hear you now. Okay. Did you get yeah, all that I'm, right there about this yeah, reempowerment I stuff?
4: I did. I, I was saying I, I definitely feel empowered just thinking about it.
0: Well, good. You're a you're a likely candidate for success here.
4: Thank but you. It, well, it
0: is really it, it, the thing that really matters is that you need to internalize the information and remember your affidavit is like a diploma. It's like when you go to college and you know you walk across the stage and get a diploma, which signifies what you went through for a couple of years. OK, and it's the same thing here. The people think their freedoms in the paper. The freedom is in knowing and understanding and internalizing the information. Then you can defend the action of your diploma in the paper. Uh, there's a great uh, case from the 40s. I remember that we studied Supreme Court case called Merrill versus federal crop. Insurance. federal crop insurance versus Merrill. Have any of you ever heard of that case? federal crop insurance v. Merrill Uh, it was out of Illinois and basically the finding of the case was anytime you come in contact with one of these agents of government it's your duty to ascertain their authority and say, "Well, we're going to flash a back and come roll over badge or this card and come roll right over you." Well, it's your duty to confront them and make sure everything they're showing you is legitimate, their position is legitimate, and their mission is legitimate. And that's where this knowledge comes into play should you have any interaction or confrontation with those goons, okay? And you can't be a belligerent claimant unless you've got the knowledge to some extent and the confidence to be so, or else you're going to fold. It's just like the person that got that bluff letter, didn't know what they were getting, didn't know how to answer it, and threw it in there and said, well, I guess I can't get a passport and just walked away. Okay. You can't do that here, and the way that you avoid all that is to learn the information. It's real simple. Some people just flat do not want to learn, I, and I don't understand why, Presley, because I don't know why people think freedom is free just because it's got "free" in the base word of the word. It doesn't mean it's free because freedom ain't free. If you want, if you think that way, go back and look at our founders and look what the price they paid.
4: Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Freedom is
0: free in a perfect world, and we're not there yet. <laughs> we we're a long way from a perfect world so uh what other what other things can we address? did i get your irs stuff addressed there or the other agencies yeah, because i mean i just i've never heard of any of them uh coming after and this is before we even knew to put people on notice you know now we've uh, uh we've polished up our game a little bit here and we're uh, turning those things around on them and putting them on notice that our status has changed which even puts them in a more precarious position if they try and pull any of this stuff because now they've been put on notice yeah so
4: actually to um to go off of that another question i have is who are the who are the best people to put on notice who are the best people to send this affidavit
0: that that depends on you to some extent on what your life is and what your activities are and who you come (laughs) in contact with with these goons if you're a farmer um, or have land out there somewhere in the west and you wanted to do a little pond you know dig a little pond behind your yard so the migrating geese and ducks could do or the animals could come water up or whatever and the epa comes out and says you can't dig that hole here you haven't got a permit what this is my land you know that kind of a confrontation well if you had that situation well, the epa would be one of the people you'd want to put on notice the so, EPA, what does that stand for? Environmental Protection Agency. Here, let me get, mm-hmm. let me just give you a little insight here, Presley. There's over 500 of these administrative agencies in Washington, D.C. Wow! It might bankrupt you just to try and put them all on notice just with the postage. Okay. <laughs> So, it's a kind of a pick and choose deal. That's why I say it depends on you and your situation. The ones that everybody wants to put on notice initially, these would be the base ones I think that you're talking about. I think yeah. everybody I think everybody wants to, and if they don't want to, they should be required to put the IRS on notice right off the bat, okay? Cuz that's the teeth of this whole thing. And we've just effectively removed their fangs here, okay? And they can't do a damn thing about it. So that's that's like the Sun Tzu comment of the exceptional warrior wins a battle without firing a shot. Well that's what we do here. This is an exceptional approach because we defang the bastards and win the battle without firing a friggin' shot. That's pretty good, isn't it? yeah it is okay so uh this is their worst nightmare because they know when they set it up how easy it is to get out of it that's part of the reason it's so convoluted and complex and uh and they've gone to their great lengths to hide this because they didn't want anybody finding it because of what's happening right here right now okay so uh irs is certainly one uh that you'd want to put on notice at the federal level that's very simple all you do is and you can do this i mean you can do this if you put if you go down have you filed an affidavit yet presley no i haven't okay you're still contemplating good so let's say that you make that decision and you go down and do a certified naked affidavit which means not a passport application just your affidavit with a cover letter to the secretary of state that's all it takes to get out of this all right. And so you do it certified return receipt requested, and you go put it in the post office. Once it's in the postal system, because they're an authorized agent for the State Department and a government agency, once it's put in their system, it's considered received. So you could start putting people on notice immediately after putting it into the system to the Secretary of State. Um, we're suggesting these days that people – do both a naked affidavit and maybe wait a couple of days and and follow up with a passport app because then they're getting more of these papers up there and you're also kind of covering yourself because they can reject under certain circumstances they can reject a passport application okay but they do it on regulatory grounds and when we've seen it done, they quote sections of the Code of Federal Regulations in their letter of refusal, okay? and But if you've got an affidavit in first, then you're no longer a resident, and that's what all those regulations are based on you being. So, so can- in essence, you're taking their feet out from under them a little bit that way, and you're also kind of flooding them with these things, which I like. Uh, I I think it's our duty to let them know there's a bunch of people that want to do this and the gig's up for them. Go ahead. What was your comment or question?
4: So then uh, the second time when you send the passport application, do you send another affidavit with that? You sure do.
0: Okay, and all that's doing is you're submitting it again, and this time you hope you know you can do whatever you want, of course, but what we recommend is that you don't really necessarily unless you're going on international travel. Do you have a passport already? Yeah, I do. Okay, well, is it still active? Yeah, it is. Okay, well, you'll need to send that in. Was it a passport book and card, or do you just have a book? just a book okay well you'll need to send that book in they'll want that and they will turn my application yes and they will want they'll turn that around to you and return mail and then they'll process Mm -hmm. your application i suggest if you don't unless you just want to it's totally up to you again there's no sense since you've already got a book that's active you could travel on if you needed to uh for international travel that's what that's for and this time when you do your renewal you're applying as a separate legal person before you were a citizen of the united states and you got hooked into the presumption because you didn't know any different this time Mm -hmm. you're going to be expressly not that you're going to be telling them so with an enclosed affidavit even though you've got an active passport that one's issued in your other legal personality this new one's going to be in your new legal personality as a national and you only have to pay for a passport card. It's only thirty dollars okay and now you'll have a government issued id in fact the highest form of government issued id a passport and it's linked to your new status and the affidavit you submitted with the application and then you'll have two active passports and when your other one expires, you can go back and order a book should you need to. That'd be my suggestion if you got a whole bunch of cash and stuff, you know, order the full boat. Whatever.
4: Wait, sorry, I, I didn't completely understand that. You're saying you're saying to have to just get the card?
0: Yeah. You don't need another book. I... You've you've already got a book that's open that's good, right?
4: yeah well so then would they stamp my original book they won't they won't do anything they'll send it back to you how do i go about doing that can i request just a card without a book sure and that won't cause me any problems to have that
0: book not not a single problem see it's it's just in your other legal personality See, this is yeah. a duopoly. You got these two, You all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. So you didn't know the first time. You paid for and contracted with them to supply you this document, a passport. You sent them the information. They complied and sent it to you. And now you're just doing it again, but you're doing it as a new legal person, Mr. National presley the national okay and so you're going to do the same thing they're going to send you your book back they're going to require that you send them the one that's active just to make sure it's you and all that stuff they're going to send that back to you immediately they'll process your new application and you should get that card back in what guys six to eight weeks and that what they're saying is taking these days I, th- I think that's what it was I, okay I just I think somewhere in that man. time frame i believe so that's I got my card in two weeks in two weeks two weeks man you must have paid somebody off good work um <laughs> in less than three weeks in less than three weeks we'll see there presley there's hope it might become pretty quick which is great
4: and I have to file the passport application at the passport office, don't I? Nope,
0: not in a, D, in a DS, the one you're going to use now. You use the For the first one, you used one called a DS-11, okay? And that's mm-hmm. for initial passport applicants, and that's where they want you to come into the post office or an authorized agent and sign it, you, have, you know, it says stop, do not sign this unless in the presence of an administrating official. Big bold letters, they're above the oath. Uh, and and if you don't, they tell you in the instructions, if you don't have an administrating agent in your little one-horse town post office, they want you to go hunt up a judge and sign it in front of a judge. So my question is, what other government documents ever want you to do that? None. Okay. That's how important this is. All right, Gary. Congratulations, Gary. Had four people file affidavits at their on their Monday night meeting this week, didn't you?
2: Yep, yeah, I did.
0: Congratulations, I for, man.
2: I mean, they actually did file them, so it wasn't just lip service.
0: Good deal. Congratulations. Good work. Well,
2: hey, I wanted to uh, tell you that one of the post offices here in Flathead they actually have a sign up telling you to contact court uh because they don't have an administrating oh, official
0: is that right okay well there's a good example and that is in what's what's the town there it's flathead Kalispell. county Kalispell, Kalispell, montana is a great example they do not have an administrating official in the post office thank you gary so they they steer you towards a judge right there with a sign huh
2: Yes, they do. It's got two different phone numbers on there, and you have to call for an appointment.
0: Okay. And see that the reason is because they know that this document interacts with people where they can volunteer out of the system, Presley. And they had to tell you in that document that you can volunteer out. But, boy, they've gone to great lengths to hide it okay but this is one of the safeguards from them so that most people are never going to see those things they're never going to understand it and now they're going in front of somebody like a judge in a requirement before you can sign the oath
4: mm-hmm. well
0: that that makes
4: that makes sense thank you
0: yeah no problem so uh Uh, So that is uh, what you do. You go and and you're you're in the L.A. area, I'm assuming. Right. So you're not going to have any problems. In fact, you've got a State Department postal uh, passport office there somewhere in L.A. You can go in and get it in the same almost the same day you can go in in person and apply i'm not sure where it is or the procedure but larger cities have those and i know la does because somebody was writing me an email about doing it there the other day
4: well i I could just renew it by mail couldn't i sure just get with the form to going in person
0: just probably expediency you know uh Mm -hmm. what you want is a ds82 this time Now, it will differ. There's six questions on the front of that at the top. And if you answer all six questions, yes, then that's the form you use. And I'm sure you'll qualify for that. If you don't answer all six questions, yes, then you go back and start at a DS-11. Like, is your passport expired more than 25 years, something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, anyway, I'm sure that that is the form you'll use. You can fill it out. And do it all. You don't need to resubmit your birth certificate like you did the first time. And you can actually mail the package yourself without having to involve the post office in anything but the mailing process. And I think from you, you send it to Dallas. I think they instruct folks in Southern California to use the Dallas processing office. Okay. All right, I'll do that. Okay, read the instructions. It's all in there. Okay, so all what right. else uh, What else can we address for you?
4: So another, um, this question has two parts. Okay. Um, so I know two people who are interested in this, but uh, they have two very specific situations. So I wanted to know uh, how to handle this for each of them. So the first one is my younger
0: brother, and he's below 18. How could we go about doing this for him? Well, you'd have to get, because he's not of the age of majority, you would have to get your mother and father's uh, guidance there and there, uh, because they've got the wand of majority over him at this point. How How far is he away from 18? He's um, about 16. Okay, well, they could probably go ahead and do that, okay? Um, and then, but when he reaches 18, it's totally his ballywick, okay? In other words, it's his decision at that point. So what I always suggest with people that, it's a little little bit different situation here from you but if people have young children we had omi on here with her 11 year old daughter talking about that this week and uh, the best thing to do although you can do that you know as a guardian or as a parent i'm i, I do not know how to tell you to do it but you can do it okay the parents can uh but especially if the child is a little younger Uh, it's better to instill them with the lessons and the education and and the information surrounding this so that when they get 18, they don't go and undo what you might have already done for them and go dive into the deep end of the pool, okay? Because, you know, how how old are you, Presley? I'm 18. You're 18 now? Oh, God God bless you. Uh, Well, you're a very sharp young man for 18 years old that most people your age do not being raised in this environment do not have their head as squarely screwed on as yours seems to be
3: i appreciate it
0: i appreciate you you give us hope presley you young people we had whitney we've had omi now we've got you you're you're younger uh, both of the women You know, and it's just uh, really, really encouraging, and I think it gives all of us here uh, on the forum and listening and stuff some hope because we see some hope in the younger generation. And, you know, you can't see a whole lot of that when you look around.
1: Hey, Presley. Yeah. Yeah, it's Don. Hi, Don. Hey,
2: hon. So if you end up um, coming to the meeting this Saturday, we'll help you out with all of that.
4: Well, I, I would have loved to, but this Saturday I'm uh, I'm having another class with John to oh, so he cool. could teach my, a lot of my family. Oh, good!
2: Oh, beautiful. Um, then he'll help you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a lot of resources there in Southern California that have popped up. You're very fortunate, Presley. You folks in Southern California, you're. We're fortunate to have a, a, a spear chucker like Dawn here that's taken the initiative and set this up and coordinating everything and putting a lot of her time into it and having spectacular results, Dawn. I'm going to compliment you again okay for what all you're doing out there and uh see it goes back to this i'm only one person what can i do you know the standard retort from the patriot community and yeah i'm one person here look what i've done look at what Don's done she hadn't even been in this stuff more than 100 days hardly okay and look what she's done so presley you and the folks in southern california are very fortunate to have people that are uh leaders like that that are taking the initiative in your area that can help everybody. And there's nothing like when you 'cause see when you do this you feel very alone. Okay? because most of, a lot of people call you crazy a lot of people can't understand it a lot of people wouldn't go through it if they could understand it and there's just a few of us that see this have the fire of liberty burning in your heart and want to take action and move on this and so w- w- generally most of us are out there hanging out to dry on ourselves alone and to be able to have other folks in your area that you can meet and talk with and know that there's others and get reinforcement and get assistance and guidance and get questions answered it's just an invaluable resource yeah it's definitely reassuring yep so good i'm glad for you i'm tickled to death you're only 18 years old wonderful what about your parents your parents want to know about this yeah well um that's why i set up another class with john for this weekend okay. they are gonna both come take the class okay fantastic well tell your dad that i didn't know elvis but i knew somebody that knew him really well he'll love to hear about it okay his name was let like, just give you a little tidbit here i'll take a little aside his name was bill drake that was his stage name Was a guy that I was fortunate to meet after I was out of the industry because he retired to my hometown uh, in Florida because they didn't have income tax in Florida, and he was from South Georgia. His real name was Philip Yarborough, but his stage name was Bill Drake, and Bill Drake touched – he's not not, uh, with us anymore. Uh, Bill Drake touched everybody's lives on the earth. Bill Drake invented the top 40 format. Which was invoked in radio stations all over the world, and he was really, really good friends with elvis and uh Every time Elvis would perform in las Vegas uh Bill was in Southern California, and uh he would have him over there in Vegas, and they'd have connecting suites and uh there's- all, I heard a whole bunch of stories that I can't repeat here, okay, so anyway, you can tell your dad that I did know somebody that knew Elvis. I will.
4: And um, I, it was a little unclear to me there. How how exactly would my
0: parents go about filing this for my brother? Well, they'd have to do it as, you know, I don't want to say you use the legal terms, the <laughs> guardian and all that, but they're the mother and father. And because your brother is under 18, he hasn't reached the age of majority. He can't do these things for himself. Okay, But I would imagine they could type out and get an affidavit processed as mother and father and submit it, uh, naming him as a national, and he'd get a passport card as a national. I haven't had a lot of people do that, but I'm sure that's the way it would be done.
4: Okay. and so then, then But think... when he
0: turns 18, he's got to re- redo it. He's got to redo it? Well, I would think so, because now he's at an age of majority for himself. I would think he would want to reinforce his decision. Hmm. You know, Now, what he could do is he could still keep his passport card. He wouldn't have to do that. But what he'd do is write out, I would suggest here, as I'm just exploring it in my mind, he'd write out an affidavit, he'd go get it notarized, and send it in cold to the State Department with a cover letter. Now I'm past the major majority. I already have a passport card with my parents, uh, my mother and father, that helped me achieve this status, and I want to confirm its continuation, something to that effect. All right. That makes sense. You know, we'll do, well, we'll, uh, as Ted Kennedy told Mary Joe, this is going to be over your head, Presley. As Ted Kennedy told Mary Joe, we'll drive off that bridge when we get to it.
4: Yeah, that definitely went over my head.
0: <laughs> I know it did. <laughs> the audience, the, a couple of the people in the audience got a chuckle out of it,
3: though. So go ahead. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: well, the, the other angle
4: with a similar um, strange situation is, uh I know someone who has yet to even become a US citizen but they've been living here and they want to know how they could go about doing this well, the so first to thing, become a citizen. They got to
0: go through the naturalization process first, yes. They are they uh, are they have a green card obviously, right? Yeah. Okay. So they're legal residents. If they qualify for naturalization, they've got to go through the naturalization process. Once they get the naturalization process done, then they file an affidavit and switch over.
4: Okay. Seems easy enough. It is. And, um, oh, I I, I realized a question I asked earlier. I don't know if you finished. um,
0: Okay. What was it?
4: You finished responding to it. You were saying uh, the the one the places everyone should file to you said irs and I don't oh know if yeah you said- you're right you're right
0: we got it we got off on another tangent well then it just depends on you but the other people that you'll want to and this is again where you've got invaluable assistance with don and these folks that you know already in your backyard you're going to want to put all your state officials on notice okay and the way you do that is you do another one of these cover letters and and at the top of the cover letter you type in probably bold letters you know uh, lawful legal notice in one line okay lawful legal notice and don can help you with this you don't have to write it down right now uh and underneath that you want to put a phrase out of agency law uh you know you're pretty young, so you don't know exactly how all this thing, society and life operates. But, you know, there's people like insurance agents like John used to be, financial certified planner and, and uh, um, real estate agents and all these agents. Well, there's a whole group of law laws that override their actions and their relationships with agents and principles. Okay? And it's called the laws of agency. And all these different people who uh, are acting in an agent capacity or a principal to an agent capacity have to adhere to this group of laws called the laws of agency. And so you're going to put a phrase in there under the lawful legal notice, and you're going to put notice to the principal is notice to the agent. Notice to the agent is notice to the principal. That's straight out of agency law. And what you're doing is you're locking them all in together. Okay, and so you are going to go, and this is where this has been a learning process for us here. And it's as I said, this is a process, and because we just started exploring this a couple of years ago, and we did it because one of our real good bulldog listeners, Kay. Uh, kept. She was just hell-bent for leather to put the people in Connecticut on notice that their affidavit was filed. And so, well, you'd think, since you notified the Secretary of State of the U.S. to get your freedom, that you'd just transfer that over and notify the Secretary of State of your state, right? That's not how it works. Secretaries of state of the state are more concerned with business and uh, giving people corporate charters and uh, collecting taxes on their business that they owe and that kind of stuff. And so the secretary of state in Connecticut kept writing back and saying, we don't have an account for you. Do you want to open an account? And uh, all she's trying to do is put them on notice. See, by the way, notice is this is the reason this is important. Presley. Notice is the front half of an incredibly important legal concept that underpins every body of law in the world called due process. Have you heard of due process before? Yeah. Okay. Do you know what it is? Yeah, Probably. I do. Okay. Well, I'm going to reiterate it for you. It's just notice and the right to be heard. Okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you're putting them and utilizing the front end of this. I call it weaponizing your position. I heard somebody say they didn't like that term the other day or whatever, and that's okay. Um, But what you're doing is making yourself a porcupine. You know what a porcupine is, right, of course? Yeah. You're making yourself a porcupine here. And so you're going to utilize the front edge of due process, and you're going to let them know that this – affidavit of your freedom and status changes on file with the head guy with all of that responsibility the guy that can't say no okay and so you're just further putting them on notice and the way we've determined that you start is by going to the head legal guy in california and that or any state and that's the attorney general of the state he's in charge of the state's legal apparatus right And so you're going to put him on notice with those two phrases at the top. You're going to link him into everybody else you're going to copy here. So you're going to say something like very simple. Please find the enclosed citizenship evidence. That's your copy of your affidavit now on file with the secretary of state of the United States of America. Please place this firmly and permanently in my administrative file and please adjust you and your agent's actions and records accordingly. And you said to send this to who? Attorney General of the State of California.
2: And Presley, Mm -hmm. all that stuff is in the Telegram channel under weaponizing your affidavit post, and all the templates for your cover letters and templates for the affidavits are in there.
0: Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. What a help. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Uh, so what you're going to do is you're, now you're going to have to do a little legwork because I'm not sure what county. Are you in Los Angeles County there? Yeah, I am. Well, then some of these other folks have probably done your legwork for you.
2: Yep, we've done it for you. So.
0: <laughs> and that entails, that entails finding out who the key officials are in your county. The DA, you got that terrible DA out there. What's his name?
2: Freaking Gascon.
0: gal oh, God what a creep uh, Gaston you, you you'll want to put your public health official because they've tipped their hand now you want to notice them you'll want to notice your local sheriff you'll want to notice your local chief of police you may want to put the coroner on there because technically he's the highest rated law official in the county and uh, who'd I leave out anybody? Anyway, you're going to want to copy those main types of people that you might have some interaction with, and you're going to copy them and send them exactly a copy of what you sent to the attorney general. And with that statement at the top, notice to the principal's notice to the agent, notice to the agent's notice to the principal, now they're all locked in. And if your district attorney, on the commie, creep takes and wants to go ahead and and get you a parking a a, a speeding ticket and put it on the docket to go to court he's now because you're not a resident any longer he's now exceeded his delegated responsibility and mr gaston in that instance would be personally liable for doing that to you and now you can go sue him in his personal capacity because now he's lost his cloak of immunity because he stepped outside of his delegated responsibilities and he messed with somebody he doesn't have a jurisdiction to mess with. You get that? I love Presley? to hear it. Okay. I love to hear that. Okay so you do that and you get all the key officials and you send them all out that uh, that letter to the attorney general all certified return receipt requested and you copy all those creeps there in the uh, county of Los Angeles and then you and Don's group go out and have a nice dinner sounds incredible I, I see it here don't all of it, it set up. it? Just, i mean this is simple really it's just getting through the complexities of how it's set up to understand the simplicity and to understand how you too can access this power thank you Roger, don't forget the dmv uh, yeah, well, now you could send it also there. Uh, and, and this is constantly being refined, Presley. Uh, just if you want to start driving around without a driver's license, you can put the DMV on notice. I would think all of you guys on that IRS notice, I would think you'd want to put the California, is it, what is it? The state tax board? Is that in that what they call it out there?
2: franchise tax board
0: yes those guys on notice too and you're going to do the same thing that you did with the irs you're just going to copy them on that letter
2: yep we have all that all those templates of who to copy the address of who to send it to
0: so Man, hello don is making your job easy out there presley yeah
4: yeah i i, I saw it on the telegram channel that's really incredible
0: Okay, so what else can we clarify for you? Does somebody want to say something just then, by the way? Roger, I got an input. (laughs) There's Samuel. Um, Hey, bud.
2: Hi. Uh, It sounds like Presley has uh, a fine mother and father, but for those out there that are younger and aren't in such a fortunate place, there is emancipation, and I think you only have to be 16 and have a full-time job. And I think there's also an in-between in that. Your parents parents can help you with the emancipation, and then I don't think you need the full-time job. um, So that if they were on the fence but wanted him to go ahead, I think that would work, too.
0: Okay, might be. This is a whole new area for me, so I don't know. Hopefully... Uh, you, well, I, I don't know how you unemancipate yourself under the age of majority, but evidently it can be done. Yeah, I believe so. Hello,
1: Roger? Hello, Roger.
0: Yes. yes. Uh,
1: this is uh, Mark Spark. Hey, uh, Mark. Can you can you hear me?
0: Yeah, loud and clear, bud. You're pegging it in the red. Okay, what you got good. on your mind?
1: Uh, I very much appreciate you opening up the forum for the youngsters, <laughs> the newbies yeah to uh, ask these questions, and even though I may have heard them before, as others have, may have heard them before, it causes a, it causes me to stir in me to to embrace it and uh, <clears throat> look at it from a new perspective and a new new day. So very thank you very much on that. Uh, uh, I, I want to address the uh, right now we're in a super right time for people because they're being stressed out. That they're they're waking up to the to the reality that they are a, a slave, although they may not call themselves that. But and, and the case at hand is what you know what happened up there in Idaho. Uh, and let me tell you, when I when I when I learned when I heard that, uh, what came to me is it ha- I had to hold myself back because. I think there's a Bible reference here. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, uh, because the mothers, the the, the parents, uh, and, and we have this uh, internet thing. <laughs> and so, what happened over there in England with the uh, newborn child being taken from the mother, and then the nurse telling her that it's our our child, the government's child. Uh, surely that's that's probably spun around the planet a few times. And so now we have it, it ha- we're ha- it's happening more and more. And uh, uh, this will cause people to ask questions. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, when, this, when these vaccines were coming out, uh, you know, many of us have heard about the mad mothers way back when they were trying to stop the drunk driving yes so when this when this started happening i'm thinking where are the mad mothers now
0: they're at the school I mean, board meetings
1: yeah yeah okay so i bet but i mean when it early on when they were starting when they are moving toward vaccinating the children i'm thinking okay we're the mad mothers now waking up and saying not no but hell no and what the heck is going on
0: unfortunately so, a lot of those mothers took their kids down to get them vaccinated mark i'm sorry to say i know isn't that crazy
1: uh so, and I want to reference because uh, what we were talking about yesterday, referencing uh, that uh, we what we've been uh, propagandized to believe was a bad guy, Hitler. Hitler himself revered. You know what? It, what it was. What was who he revered the most? High
0: children, I think. Right, the he mo- was really big on the, children and mothers.
1: The mother and the child. Yeah. The mother and the child. Yep. And so. Uh, when, you know, you, when you contemplate that, uh, but yet we got all this propaganda telling us he was a bad guy. I don't think so. I think that he was touching the hearts of his fellow countrymen, the hearts of countrymen and women and, and waking them up to the, who they you know, their, their, their value of who they are. And, uh, it, he, he engaged them. And I mean, in a five year period when, er, when all the other countries were in a deep depression, uh, Germany was doing fantastic they were, because they were regenerating themselves, and yeah. it was because of his leadership. He not only he
0: turned about. them around, but the other countries you're comparing them to had had normal economies. Germany had had hyperinflation, the highest the world had ever known not only oh, yeah. did he Why? turn it around he pulled it out of that hyperinflationary ditch they were in now i want to just yeah. stop for a second mark hold your thought okay don i went and searched up europa and sent you the link to that and i hope you'll watch some of that when and if you got some time okay yep. okay so that now this morning as i was b- blowing through uh bit I saw that there is somebody has posted a Deanna Spingola program. Of course, Deanna hadn't been on the air now for about a year and a half or so because of her health, but it's a Deanna Spingola older program, obviously posted on Betshoot that compares Hitler and FDR. I've got it isolated to listen to it. I had not had a chance to listen to it yet, but that's over on BitChute. If you want any, I'm sure that's an exceptionally interesting program, so you may want to check that out. Excuse me. And uh, uh, But uh, that's uh, what I wanted to add there, Mark. So go ahead if I haven't disrupted you totally.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I want to thank Samuel from last week for bringing up uh, bringing up the idea about well, where's your, where's your update to your book, Roger? Uh and
0: uh, here on uh, on these happening? two hours that we spent <laughs> in those two documents, right. how to escape the matrix? Go ahead.
1: So, uh, and I got to tell you, man, that you have touched me deeply, and I've I've contemplated. Uh, you've stirred me where I'm, I'm like, because what this brings up is a is a a whole new logos. A logos, Indeed. a lexicon, okay, and and you you have dan- you have went deep down the rabbit hole, and you you've literally been through the maze from hell. The maze from hell. They set this up. It's such trickery and deception. You had to go through the maze from hell, and you've been persistent, and, and you know my, my, that's my feel on it. You've been at this yeah. for a long while, and you've been hammering away, and and you know. So when you know, I, when I come to this meeting.
0: I don't know whether I didn't let go of it or it didn't let go of me. I'm not sure which one of those happened. It may have been a combination. But never in my life has anything touched me that I didn't, you know, kind of quickly get on top of and then lose interest and go on to something else. This has never let go, and it's only grown in its intensity. And that's this truth thing and the power of it. And, man, it is. You know, as I've told people, when I cross paths with John and Glenn, it's like the old cow you know the old bull in the back pasture and you go out and put a ring in its nose right and that's what when i crossed paths with john and glenn the good lord put a ring in my nose and then he tied this rope to it and he said come here boy you're following me and it's been that way ever since
1: well i'd like to say that uh and i appreciate uh your hesitancy with with uh about writing another book and you, you got into a little you went into a little bit of detail of that and and i'm, I'm thinking well maybe you don't re- you don't respond well to the to the visual and writing but I, I know you're very auditory and you have a very good speaking voice and you, and, and, I, and, I, and i and i gotta tell you i love your stories i love your references to real life real world stories of, of things you've encountered and people you've met and some of the some of the stuff is actually hilarious uh and uh i appreciate that very much so what came to me a few days ago uh was uh on this you know with samuel saying well where's your update to your book uh the idea came to me what if you did an interview had somebody interview you purposefully you know with an outline of, that you could follow and that interview is auditory audible and it's recorded and then you could have that interview transcribed by the way i, I just because i just just a few days ago i just learned about and i wasn't looking for this it came to me there's these uh, apps or companies that will transcribe for a very reasonable price like 10 cents a minute and then you could then you could edit that have somebody edit it but, but the other thing that coming that's coming to my mind is the interviewer something's telling me that it, you might want to have it be a woman that one of these female lionesses and uh 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 because there there may be some dynamic there with the woman interviewing you and the interaction something about i I call it the space between the notes right Mm -hmm. that's where that's where god is when we gather when two or more are gathered like mind and spirit Mm uh that's where god is and so sometimes that comes across better and it's more appealing to people and you know they're more receptive to it
0: that's a heck of an idea mark um you know i've got a The thing is, is I've got, if I can ever get over the hump, I just, with my eye problems, which I'm hoping are getting a little bit better, and uh, with my prepondency not to enjoy writing because of my particular personality traits, I think your idea is really solid. And, you see, I've I've got the world's greatest editor in my back pocket, and that's Glenn. OK, and so uh, if, if that may be a really valid, valid idea is to do that audio and then let him with his knowledge and background and abilities and boy, he's a talented writer uh, is to fill in the blanks and put something out. I know we need something out there, you know, and I, I know that the first book has a lot of cracks in it because there's just a lot of things we didn't know. I mean, I'll give you an example. American Samoa is not even mentioned in that book because we didn't know about it okay much less the way that this thing how they've set it up so slick from the bankruptcy forward where they switched the system so i'm, I'm going to take that under advisement i'll no doubt think about it i think it's a very good suggestion mark and i appreciate it and i want you to know how much i appreciate you Okay. as well as all of you not just mark all of you i just i keep telling you you're so special to me and as more of you get out there and start talking to people you start understanding why i make that statement right yeah Robert, we'll, well i agree roger. hold on there's somebody let's see who this female is here mark
1: <laughs> hello roger this is laura hey laura hi hi don thank you for everything you all are doing and and i don't know if john's on here but thank you too and presley welcome to the to the community and i'm 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 gonna put 200 towards your next book and so you know let's begin a fundraiser for that
0: oh you little sweet thing you thank you i don't you know i've never asked people for money for this uh i've always felt like it's my duty and uh the good lord took care of me 20 plus years ago with that silver cloth and i you know had a little bit of financial wherewithal underneath me and so i never have felt it's that i should charge people for freedom you know and uh i feel like i've been blessed with this uh with this path and being touched to be the torch bearer here and all the other things and i consider it not that i understand these legal concepts the way i do that it's you know i've i've give, been given these wonderful benefits and i feel like i owe the duty and the duty is to surround myself with good folks like you that want the same thing uh, but here last year I ran into a little bit of a financial uh, situation with this move I had to make and stuff, and so I opened up a uh, go go send, give give send go a page, uh, and uh, uh, and some people you many of you were very very wonderful to contribute to there and take that problem out of the picture, uh, and I appreciate anybody that does want to help uh, support me and this work that we do, and uh, and I also of course do personal consultation. I don't uh, overcharge for it. I should probably charge more for it, but I don't want to. And I didn't put that up as an option originally to make money. I put it up as an option to try and drive people onto the program with their questions, like Presley here today. Uh because I love doing the personal consultations with folks. I get to know you. Uh you and I have a kind of a special relationship. There's several people on the board here that have been through that process and I appreciate it and I think they do too. But uh the main reason reason for that was to uh, steer people onto the platform here to ask their questions so that everybody can learn you know this whole thing is an education endeavor and we got to get people educated like presley here to get to a point to where they want to and feel comfortable with taking action to make the change and that's the whole point of the exercise if not and they don't get to a point where they want to take action and make a status change well that's okay too really because at least we've helped somebody regain their sanity Uh, because until you understand this you don't understand the world and you think the whole damn world's insane and it is but you don't know why and when you get this information under your belt you can at least go back and start understanding the way things are happening and why they're happening so laura i appreciate that sweetie thank you so much okay And I will, I'll take Mark's suggestion under advisement and, uh, start messing with it in my mind. And, uh, that would be a fairly easy way to uh, remedy this situation. And I think it's a real good option. So Mark, thanks for putting your thinking hat on there.
1: And you might consider the anecdotes of other people who have been with you for over 10 years, just to, to validate everything that you're saying. And people can say, see, you know, that, that these are people who, who John, who, um, who who roger and and you know everyone has brought in into this this whole community of of truth and freedom so so yes you 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 have just let me know where do I send them and um i'll be the first to i'll be among the first to okay. buy your book and All right. get it okay signature.
0: well aren't you the sweetie i well i you know I, it's hard for me to sign books because you got to get them shipped down here. Uh, but, uh, we'll, we'll see if we can do something, Laura, uh, if for anybody there's an, I am hesitant to put this email address out on the air cause it's my other kind of standard email address. But if you want to use give Send, go, you can do that. And the account is surfs up S E R F S U P, but they do take fees and the credit card cha- charges fees. Uh, the way that is quicker and easier is to use the interbank service Card called zelle which i think most banks have access to now which is you can transfer that there's no fees and it's virtually immediate so laura if you'd like to do that or anyone else would like to contribute to our work here uh would you please drop me an email at radioranch@mail.com, the network our station kind of program email address and i will send you back that zell address and then there's no fees or anything taken out of it and it's almost immediate where with give send go sometimes you got to wait a little while for them to process it and all that stuff so either one of those options is is all right with me laura and i appreciate your suggestion and i appreciate y- y- any contribution that you make okay
3: got it thank okay. you Roger.
0: You're, thank you hey, Roger. Or, yeah all right hold on a couple, couple this, people yeah who's who's that
3: this is john from utah again oh hey john um i just had a minor add-on to this discussion about a um an audio dynamic uh-huh um and which i think is a great idea again you know just repeating your your skill set, your desire, and because by the time you put a book together and get it published, you know, at best, uh, you know, it can be a year out. So it's a year old. Right. So, uh, you know, to me, just by laying the groundwork is an introduction to a, what I'm calling a dynamic audio presentation. And then also either in the file, obviously to put a, a clear date on it. And even to make that announcement at the beginning of such a program Mm -hmm. and because you don't know if it's 10 years old, has there been any updates to it since then? And so like they do oftentimes in, in regular documents or even government documents and put, you know, revised, you know, on this date and supersedes, you know, this previous date. And so that way that they, you know, when they're listening to it, you know, is this a current
0: a state of affairs. Uh, also, there's something else that touches me here. Is I've had, yeah, you know, some requests over the years of an audio book of the Sovereign to Surf book. Okay, and I've just never sat down and done it, read it, and nobody else has either. But there's a lot of people who say I can listen to audio books, I can't have time to read them commuting to work or whatever. And if we go about it this way and approaching it from an audio book before a printed book, then you got both of those things right there in one package too, John. Bingo,
3: bingo, good yep. idea, great yep. idea. Yep. exact,
1: exactly, Roger. Because the audio be easily accessible and then they can reference the deeper if they want to go deeper they, they can get your book or you can combine them you could you could offer it a lot of ways uh but but they could listen to it on the go be, via their telephone right we everybody yeah exactly
0: well almost so, er- almost I, everybody
1: and, and and on this note i gotta say this now it's interesting that you were uh, you were uh, your father was in the air force right yes uh now, what did he do was he a pilot or was he he, he
0: started he out and he started out and he was uh, uh, as a t33 if you know what those are t33 oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Trainers, he was uh, he, exactly he was an instructor and he was stationed at Tyndall Air Force Base there in Panama City and he met my mom on the beach one weekend and he proposed to her the next weekend and they were married their entire lives okay? Wow. and uh so he uh, was that initially is back i remember him telling me stories that uh back then in those days in the 40s he could go get mom you know and they'd have a date, and he'd just take her out to the flight deck and put her in the plane, and they'd just take off at night and go off on these plane rides, you know, doing barrel loops yeah. and all the fancy stuff that he could do. And I think he said she threw up in the plane one, one time when he was doing all that crap. But anyway, that was back in the loose days, right? And uh, so then uh, as he went on through his career, he was switched to more of an administrative position, but he still flew, and the remainder of his career He flew mainly C-130s, which I'm sure you know uh, is the workhorse of the Air Force's uh, transportation line. And uh, as that was at the end of his career in the 60s, and the C-130 was the integral part of still what is today virtually almost the deadliest weapon in the arsenal, which is Puff the Magic Dragon controlled now with AWACS, and they oh, yeah. uh they uh they wanted my father to fly some of the early puffs and i think that was his way of objecting uh and he said no and they passed him over and retired him
1: well i i happen to I, i'm a navy veteran and i happened to have been at avionics and i worked on radar okay and of all places of all places uh when i first went to my squadron which was norfolk i was kind of bummed out because i wanted to go to japan or california yeah. and they sent me to Norfolk, but then within a few months, our squadron had already put in to move to where Key West, Florida. Oh, okay, cool. And I saw so, so I was stationed in Key West, Florida, and it turned out that I joined the, the flying club. We had a private flying club on the base, uh-huh. and I learned how to I learned how to fly. But but what I'm bringing up here is uh, I don't know if you've ever been out on the tarmac, and I don't know how they do it in the Air Force, but in the Navy, they had they each squadron would have a motto. You know, they have an icon on their on their on another plane yeah right and yeah and and then they'd have a then they'd have a motto for that squadron right so now this just came to me just like a week or so ago and I was like well who is this roger it just came to me about your father being in the air force and, and and so I so I said well who 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 am I a part of with this whole thing and it, so it came to my mind roger's dodgers i'm one of <laughs> roger's dodgers <okay? laughs> <laughs> I'm, in the, we're did, we're I'm in i'm in the, i'm in the, i'm in the high-flying squadron of rogers dodgers and and, and on this note the <laughs> we're, this on this note with this with this audio thing and then it came to me this is pamphleteering this is pamphleteering in an you know in a high technology way like with the audio or the or the transcribed you know, so anyway, the Rogers Dodgers. I, I just th- I thought that might tickle. That's good. A yeah,
0: we're dodging the deep state and their and their immoral and illegal processes. Yep. Good. Good, Mark. That's very good. I appreciate all that. Rogers Dodgers. Hey Roger. Yes. Hey, that's Chuck. Hey. um I applied for a
5: online business account yesterday. Yes, sir. And I got it approved. You know, I they asked. There was three different selections for statuses. <clears throat> One of them was a, uh, of course, a U.S. citizen, but um, they had a non. Uh, what was that? Non-resident, and I picked that.
0: That's a that's a, that what uh, you probably fit in
5: and got accepted and i used my i use my uh uh <coughs> passport card again good so i thought that was pretty interesting i think
0: it's good they they okayed it on the spot and you put it in as a non-resident well, and you they, are technically a non-resident because of the residency they're talking about it's the 14th amendment so congratulations chuck
5: yeah i thought that was pretty awesome i mean it's it's interesting going out into the uh, business world here, and they've got these different
0: options. Let me options. let me take your what you're saying right there, <laughs> and 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 go back to Presley, who I hope is still listening with us, because people ask, you know, what Presley asked, what what kind of agencies have have given you problems, you know? Remember when Ryan first came on, uh, and, and and he goes, well, where are all the victory letters? Y'all remember that? Where are all the victory mm-hmm. letters? And I said, well, and nobody'd ever asked me that before. <laughs> you know, I'm going, well,. We don't really have any victory letters because just exactly what Chuck just said is what happens. Once you know your stuff, you're interfacing with these people, and they ask you these questions, and you give them a correct answer, and they accept it, and everything just goes on like it's supposed to. So how are you going to write a victory? Chuck, well, I did this, and I applied for this business thing, and I put non-resident, and they okayed my, my business thing. Well, okay, that's a victory letter. But the reason nobody has had any great court victories and stuff is because nobody gets taken to court. Okay, they don't have any jurisdiction. Well, so, and
5: if they if they did, Roger, you know the courts sometimes shut up cases and they don't they don't put it in the recorder. So, oh man, they
0: put that stuff under know, I mean, seal and stuff.
5: I mean, something like this, they're they could, but and it wouldn't they but they would hide it i mean it would be hard to find
0: well it's just like the one and uh you know i mentioned (laughs) the story before one time had a guy in northern alabama was in a divorce situation the the wife and her parents thought he was a quote-unquote sovereign citizen so they go and i guess my name was in their pleadings and i don't know if they put a copy of my book in with the pleadings or something he thought they did they put a copy of his affidavit in their pleadings against in this case against him so it was the moving party that put this stuff in their paperwork into the court proceedings so because it's in the court proceeding the affidavit when he gets called up to the stand he's got access to it so he reaches down grabs the affidavit and starts reading it in open court and the judge says don't read that document in this courtroom they don't want this information in their courtroom yeah Yeah. And I think, uh, I
5: think my, in in my past, like with, uh, when I was dealing with my, when I went to open up my bank, my regular bank account here local, you know, I used my driver's license at the time because I didn't have my card, my passports done yet. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to try to go back in and try to redo that again and see if I can't get just not uh, and operate with just that and not the DL anymore.
0: Well, why don't you go in and give them that and just say I'd like to substitute this for the ID that I gave when we opened the account because it's more accurate.
5: Yeah, I'm going to try to do that because mm-hmm. I think that this right now is showing me that, um, I mean, these are real good positives for me. And uh
0: and I, I think they're positives it. for everybody because there's yeah. people out there that are hearing this <laughs> that have got yeah. those very same concerns, and here's Chuck coming and going, Look, I did this, I answered this question, yeah, and they opened my account the same day. Yeah. Yep. I think Thanks. I'm
2: gonna need you to pay your
0: bill. Pay your bills. Something about paying your bills there. Pay your bills, pay if you get if you owe debts, pay them okay (gasps) all right i took care of that so um oh that was coming from you okay yes
5: my daughter's trying
0: to get contact oh that gary wants to inject something gary
2: yeah you may like what i'm gonna say but i'm gonna say it anyway you're years old right
0: i'm I'm, holding your clip in just a little bit i'm how much
2: Thought you said you were seventy-eight years old. Seventy three. Seventy okay, that's still good enough. Roger, you need to make a new authority,
0: buddy. I need hold on, you're clipping, Gary. Clip, I buddy. can't understand what you're saying. I need to do what?
2: You need to make
4: a fire. Well,
0: you, well you're gonna have <laughs> you to be traveling. You're gonna have to tell us when you're not up on the side of a mountain because we can't understand you. I'm gonna to have to do Gary thinks I'm gonna to have to do something, so we'll see in a minute when he can talk better. Hey Roger. Yeah. I wanna to say too, uh
5: if on the on the um we're talking about the uh, US national <coughs> term owes allegiance to a state small as state. And out and you were reading that you said it came
0: out of the um, nationality act I think nationality act of nineteen forty now the relevance of that Chuck now is, is that, a, that but is that in a statute that's in
5: the that code or, that's
0: or, in the statutes at large okay okay that's that group of books over there with the dust on them yeah it's the organic statutes of the united states were the first book in the series if you open it up it's got the declaration of independence the constitution the northwest ordinance and the articles of confederation right there at the front that group of books okay now so that's hold on i'm gonna answer your question what they do is they pull those laws over and transfer them to the united states code And they may be pulled over whole cloth or virtually verbatim, or they may be monkeyed with. And depending on whether they're whole cloth or monkeyed with, in the United States Code, on the first volume, you open it up, and there's a list of all the different codes, all 50. And Mm -hmm. they tell you whether they're positive law or non-positive law. Now, how about that for a little bureaucratic term? Non-positive law. So, okay, so I'm looking up. If you look I'm going to tell you what it is. Hold on. Okay. Okay. And with the non-positive law is when they bring it over and they monkey with it. Positive law is when they bring it over virtually verbatim okay so here's where they took that statement from the nationality of 1940 and brought it over into title eight which is non-positive law i believe it i'm it could be almost classified as positive law but i'm not sure and i don't have a set of codes in front of me but where they go into that definition in title eight of a national Mm -hmm. here is what they say a national is someone born in american samoa Swains Island, or the Outlying Territories. Now, over there in the nationality in 1940, on about definition <laughs> D or E, I forgot which one, through four four down or so from the top, they go into this paragraph where they set up that uh, uh, Outlying Territories, and they have a a sentence in there that I read to Brent one day on the air. Hell, Brent couldn't even interpret it. He's an attorney, okay? (laughs) He said that, Roger, that's the biggest bunch of crap I've ever heard, all right? Uh, That's what is over in the statutes at large, and that's what they brought over into that definition. So the outlying territories are Iowa, Oklahoma, Texas, California, et cetera, but they've hidden them under that generic term of outlying territories. So there's your difference from – the statutes at large over to the code yeah that's what i was
5: wondering because um what uh you know when i was talking to that one day with uh ralph went he he <clears throat> i forgot that he uh had me uh he was talking to me about title eight and so you usc 1101 and the definitions and so i wrote it down and i forgot about it yeah but i went and looked it up right after we talked and it talks about and where he was come. See, this is where he couldn't see it. Yep, it's because he go over to the code and this they didn't they didn't verbatim put it from the uh, the um, the uh, na- uh, nationalization or the uh, m- what is it? What the the, nat- naturaliz- the, it's the uh,
0: What is it? <laughs> the the. What the heck? The National Act of 1940. What? Nationality Act of 1940. Well, it's in there, but they went to great lengths. See, they do this this kind of stuff with two steps. They just don't ever do it with one step. They've got to set up the change so they can make the change and pull the trigger over in the title of the code. And the way they set it up was the way they worded that paragraph in the Nationality Acts of 1940 in the definitions. And then they transferred over and they hide the states because they couldn't put in the code a national is someone born in american samoa swain's island and then lists 50 states Well, then they've yeah, defeated well, they've defeated what they're trying to do see yeah, and no. that's my problem with people like the late Walf Renroot and and his very very strict way of looking at this to be able to take any action on it is you're not taking your enemy <coughs> into consideration you're thinking the way you want to think and they don't think like we do they take advantage of the way we think.
5: Well, let me pro- let me pose this. Okay, I, fa- I see this now. Um, if twenty-one says uh, the term "national" means a person owing permanent allegiance to a small state, twenty-two, the term "national" of the United of United States, yeah, the United States, means a citizen of the United States, or B. That was A. B, a person who, though not a citizen of the United States, owes owes permanent allegiance to the United States, which is the non citizen national. That's
0: American Samoan.
5: And uh, (coughs) so
0: I guess he missed 21. Well, it's just like he doesn't. He's, he's, if he, Ralph couldn't see it in black and white. Or a court case, he, it didn't exist to him, just like the bankruptcy. You know, for a long time, you'd come back and tell us, well, Ralph doesn't believe there's a bankruptcy. Right, right. Okay. So, same type of thing. This is where you got to go back and get a little sun-suish, Chuck, and you got to think like your enemy and know your enemy if you're going to beat him. Right. So, <laughs> I want, um, but I wonder,
5: you know, how the, uh, okay, there's state of Oklahoma and there's, Oklahoma State. Correct. So it looks like to me that they've taken that, like they have the U.S. national, right? That you can go find that terminology on the travel.org site. Yeah, you can find it. You just got to know how to interpret it and be able to unhide it from the American Samoans. Right. But here the term is national of the United States instead of U.S. national. So I wonder if
0: there is a play of words. Oh, the whole thing's a play of words. You kidding? (laughs) It's designed to be a minefield that you step on every landmine, all right? Uh, but my whistler's in the background. You guys can't hear that. I can I got him potted down pretty good. Uh, and that means that, uh, Jim Ram has got to be in the wings and I'll bet he is and ready to take the hand off of the old baton here of the Jitsy board and the Euro folk radio platform. You're right there. Ain't you, Jimmy? I'm
5: sitting here flapping my wings as we speak. And there
0: you go. He's getting ready for takeoff know, talk about all this air force stuff. So, uh, thank you very much i hope with presley thank you okay for bringing all these good questions laura thank you for your input and your contribution mark thank you for your suggestion i'm gonna start writing the outline in my mind as already have done that so uh that may be extremely viable and i appreciate and love each and every one of you and the deeper you get into this and talk to other people the more you'll understand that statement so uh we'll see you tomorrow jim ram is next i'm sure you're going to have something very important to cover jimbo and uh thanks for playing that cyrus baby uh clip yesterday or day before when i heard it by the way no problem and uh i'll uh, i'll see y'all tomorrow here at the uh, same old platform at the same old time on the new time so have a good day and jim ram is about to take over when we get cut off of the server which should be just about any second there it went right there jimbo
1: she's all